I am big. It's the picture that got small. Welcome back to our Kiefer Sutherland episode of Two Please. I'm just kidding. This is just episode 24. That's the that's the <laughs> most disgusting <laughs> pun I could possibly have come up with. For shame, anyway, for shame. I'm your host, Rabin. And I'm your co-host, Rohit. What are we talking about this week? What are we talking about this week? Mm. <laughs> I see what you did there. So this week, so if you've probably not caught on and if you've seen the title of this week's episode, we are going to be discussing our favorite rewatchable movies. Uh, so these are the kind of films we tend to plug in and play as and when um, we're bored, we need something to watch. We suggest um, like a movie to, uh, like we're trying to get our friends to jump into a, a set of films that we absolutely adore. Uh, at, at the end of which they may not always like us. And there are a fair few of them on this list. So, I mean, a side note, like this is considering uh, what I just said, that brought up a, a little bit of a, brought up a small memory. Like two weeks, like three, four days ago, my roommate and I were just chilling uh, on a Saturday evening. And I put up The Wailing because I, I was like, oh, you have mm. to watch The Wailing, which I think is a very interesting movie. I mean, it's it's not yeah. a Saturday Saturday evening chill movie, but okay. It's I mean, it really isn't. So for those of you who are who don't it, know what the wailing is about, so. yeah, it's 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 a Korean horror movie, a Korean horror comedy. I would go so far as to say, um, because the first one yeah, hour the comedy from their incompetence. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, the first one and a half hours has a lot of comedic elements attached to it, while. While it slowly amps up the scares and I think about an hour and 30 minutes into the film, it really grabs you and you're like, oh my, it's not going to let go. And he, the issue he had with it was the running time was a bit too much for him. And he's like, oh, it is, it is not, it's almost two hours. One and a half hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It it's, 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 it's a bit of a, it's, 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 it's a slow burn. Pretty, a bit of slow burn, exactly. But anyway, wailing aside, so I guess what we're going to do is we're going to like list our three favorite films. Um, we'll probably jump back in uh, between our choices. Uh, we, but we'll do honorable mentions before it, as per usual. Yeah, let's do that. Before we mm -hmm. get into that, uh, I think, uh, especially uh, for the movies I know Abin is going to talk about, uh, these movies could be rewatchable for either of two reasons. One is something that's a little bit comfortable. We know it's something we're going to like. And doesn't matter if you're watching it again. Or it could be a sort of movie where every time you watch it, you you see something you've missed before. There's always mm -hmm. something new to appreciate. Um, I, know, I know my set of movies are more of the former, where it's like, I know what I'm in for and I'm just going to mm -hmm. have a good time. Mm -hmm. Some of Abin's movies, at least in my <laughs> view, are ones where you can always watch them in a new light every time you view it and there's always something mm -hmm. new to appreciate. So it's going to be a varied flavor. Uh, in terms of honorable mentions, um, the one movie that I would again want to talk so much about because it's probably the movie I've rewatched the most easily 50 to 60 times is Snatch. But because you've already discussed it hmm. uh, eons ago when we've done the, the Guy Ritchie episode, I won't get into it again. But uh, for those of you who haven't, please, please, please watch Snatch. Hmm. Um, it's a rollicking good time. Uh, 
but yeah i won't get into it any more than i already had then what's mm-hmm. your honorable mention uh mean girls so the thing is i see mean girls is, is a film i have religiously watched every year since it came out since 2004 cuz one it was 2004 i wasn't I was very confused by lindsay lohan at the time but anyway that that aside uh, i think mean girls in itself is a perfect comedy for the millennials or the, the age group that we grew up with because it seems like there was something about that movie for everybody like every time i watch it i notice something different about it much like how you alluded to the whole concept of a rewatchable film it is it's a movie i haven't unfortunately seen in the last year and a half or so uh, i am very familiar with the cast i'm very familiar with the plot but it's just something i don't know idea why i haven't watched it but i will and i think when i eventually do it'll probably warrant an episode on its own cuz just of the cultural uh impact it's had on absolutely one of the most quotable films exactly yeah so and this on wednesdays we i mean we're not we're recording this on a monday but you know there's, there's a whole wednesday joke in there maybe we'll record that episode on wednesday and we'll wear pink so let's we'll see about <laughs> we'll <laughs> see how that how that goes but um yeah that's as far as honorable mentions go that um, that's me but let's start off i know my films are slightly a, a little heavy compared to yours so let's start off with yours and then we'll jump in between then i'll come in second with mine and then that's how we'll continue okay so uh, to start off with my first movie this is something that had been an honorable mention in a previous episode i think our feel good episode because i sort of wanted to keep it um for a different episode i think hmm. this is the perfect episode for it I am talking about the 2008 romantic comedy Forgetting Sarah Marshall starring mm. uh, Jason Segel, uh Kristen Bell, Mila Kunis and uh, Russell Brand, Russell Brand. Yeah. Uh, Jonah Hill, Jonah Paul Hill, Rudd, uh, Paul Rudd as a whole host. Bill Hader like oh, okay. Bill Hader. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a very star-studded <laughs> SNL or slash comedy cast. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah the the four of them are probably the principal characters. Um mm-hmm. fairly straightforward i mean the story is nothing is as a rocket science it's uh jason segel's character is in a relationship with kristen bell who plays sarah marshall it's a long term relationship which seems to be going nowhere out of the blue she dumps him and and to deal with his blues post breakup blues he decides to uh go for a vacation in hawaii where uh, when behold sarah marshall herself is there with her uh new boyfriend russell brand who plays uh musician Aldous Snow again mm. one of the most entertaining characters in a movie uh, mm. that I, w- I would say uh, and then hijinks ensue it's it's all about um, how they deal with the awkwardness of it and in the process Jason Segel's character meets uh, Mila Kunis's character who's a receptionist at the hotel where he's mm-hmm. staying and then from there on so it's a typical uh, rom-com formula from then mm-hmm. um like i said nothing extremely clutter breaking or path breaking in in this in the plot of the movie it's just the the treatment and of it the, the jokes especially each of the the side characters are very colorful and stand out in their own way uh, be it uh, paul rudd's surfer kuno or uh, jonah hill's character who's a waiter in the uh, who's a server sorry in the uh, restaurant and is a huge fan of aldis snow Mm-hmm. Uh, and when i say huge i mean it's unhealthily so yeah. uh, again very quotable movie um, lot of laughs 
uh and it, again it's a feel good sort of ending and you know where it's going but mm. you really enjoy the ride i really enjoy this movie the and like several on several like like on several occasions this movie is uh, i mean that that has that have since passed this movie is not on my list because it's on your list and um <laughs> uh, it's just that this is a movie i have religiously watched and i think between 2008 2011 i was really into like an hawaiian setting moving phase, movie phase but i just really loved forgetting sara marshall and i think there's a 2011 josh clooney film called the descendants the descendants which i'm going to mention which i think is by the way an exceptional movie and it's a very mm. it's not it's not as happy or it's not a, it is it has comedic elements attached to it but it is it's a, it's, it's quite it's a comedic family drama yeah. it's say. like it's a slightly melancholic story as i said like yeah. it's about a family that is brought together uh, it's like a father who's brought closer to his daughters in the wake of uh, a, a tragedy that happens in the family and it's still like it is one of one of my most like favorite um, movies of that era because i remember watching it and i thought it was a really fun time now coming back to forgetting sarah marshall i don't think in the last 10 years i have found a movie as quotable as forgetting sarah marshall <laughs> it's just i know we always say snatch is one probably one of our most quotable films of all time and then i'd say uh, the guard which was in 2011 is probably another yeah. quotable oh film that God. i absolutely adore um <laughs> which is which is a great rewatchable if i'm being quite honest mention in the guard that the yeah. police captain is like when they liquidate uh, when the mafia liquidate guys do they put them in an acid or do they put them in a barrel <laughs> take ages <laughs> 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 That's like my favorite line in the movie. Don Cheadle's face is worth a million bucks. Yeah, Don Cheadle and and Brendan Gleeson really play off each other, and Mark Strong himself is is absolutely hilarious. Yeah. Liam Cunningham, great great cast. But um, let's go back to I mean, yeah, back again once back to Sarah Marshall. But the sheer quotability of that film, right? And like you said, the premise isn't groundbreaking. Man gets dumped by girlfriend, goes off on a holiday to cry away his sorrows. Just so happens, girlfriend is in the resort with her new boyfriend, and then he has to circum uh, circumvent the situation and figure his way around it. Um, and then he meets Mila Kunis, and then that whole thing um, uh, takes off. And then there's something about a Dracula musical that he's working on. <laughs> <laughs> and i i have to point this out um there is a a the most the, the funniest uh inside joke in the movie is about there's a tv show that's running in the film it's called crime yeah. scene scene of the crime <laughs> and uh, probably billy baldwin i mean i mean probably not the best time to discuss baldwins but billy baldwin is absolutely hilarious in that role he's there for like what four five scenes and he just delivers like punchlines after punchlines with regards to uh any sort of stupid situation that's unfair you know like they they take the trope of uh of an america of, of a csi miami csi whatever and then <laughs> they make it a and, and then they just absolutely riff on it and i find that entire sequence to be absolutely hilarious i was speaking of the dracula music i don't know this if it's, this is something you told me or i read somewhere jason segel actually had written a dracula musical as a side project because he's really into puppets and okay. puppets, sorry that's why he was in yeah, puppet movies puppets well. movies yeah yeah so he has an unhealthy obsession with it and so when jada patel who's produced the movie found out about it he said 
if I'm going to make this movie and if you're going to be in it, we have to make this a plot point, the whole Dracula musical thing. And he was I like mean, kind of forced to put it on screen. <laughs> Similar to what, how he was forced by Mila Kunis to perform on stage. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's, uh, man, I, I really wish Siegel's career like jumps, jumped off that, like, I mean, uh, of that movie because he had, I think one of the biggest hits of that, of that summer. Yeah. In 2008. And also, I'm not, I'm not saying Jason Siegel has not become a household name. He's literally one of the most, he has one of the most iconic roles on probably one of uh, the biggest television shows of our time, which is now getting a Where spin-off with, with Hilary Duff, which makes no sense. But uh, Hilary Duff and Marshall. Marshall, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, so, I, but I Hilary Duff, I need to know more about this. It's called How I Met Your Father. Uh, and Hilary it's, Duff. Let's move on. Mm, Back to, the, back to the, the movie. This hmm. one last point that I want to make. I, hmm. In case, I mean, if you have anything else before that, this one last point. Uh, just when, if, if and when you do watch the movie, pay close attention to the dialogues of Jonah Hill, hmm. uh, Russell Brand, Aldis Snow, and uh, Paul Rudd's character, mm-hmm. and even Jack McBrayer, who plays this uh, yeah. husband, who husband, was, yeah. uh, with his wife on honeymoon. Hmm. I think they have the most outrageous lines in the movie. And uh, in that sense, Sarah Marshall has rewatchability because every time you hear uh, a, a hilarious joke that you missed the last time, and in that sense, you laugh out loud for something new every time. Paul Rudd, dude, I think Paul Rudd's performance in this is slept on. He's again, <laughs> once again, he's barely in this, but he's absolutely hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> once, I, once I moved here I stopped wearing a watch oh that's awesome yeah now we have a clock on our clock phone is weather like do nothing and then there's a whole uh, uh, oh yeah there's there's so much about this there's, there's this whole thing about uh, and him teaching you sound like Mark. you're from London London <laughs> Yes, I am from London. Um, but Russell Brand, dude. Russell Brand career best uh, performance. Yeah, Russell Brand, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Russell Brand is It's raping my leg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, again, Abhin and I are just riffing off lines. Yeah. All of these characters have epically quotable lines in the movie. Yeah, I think Russell Brand probably, again, he's, his star was also very much on the rise when, when, this, yeah. um, when this happened. So, um, and then get him to the Greek again, which, was a, which is kind of like a spiritual se- uh, sequel to this. It was a spin-off because the, the character of yeah. Aldous Snow and the whole Aldous Snow Jonah Hill dynamic was mm. such a big draw for the movie that they decided to make a spin-off. Unfortunately, the spin-off is really not that good. You don't like so, Game to the Greek? It's I think Sarah Marshall had the perfect amount of this brand of humor, pun intended. Mm. Uh, you can't have an entire movie with those sort of jokes. It gets a little crash, it gets a little boring. Mm. I thought Get Up to the Greek was more, I mean, it's a, it's a very different movie compared to this, but yeah. it's, it, it has its own cult following. Like there, it is since, it is, it is a very popular movie in certain circles. I'm sure it is. Mm. Uh, mm. At least in my opinion, it's a good one-time watch. It's not rewatchable to the extent mm. I would say. But anyway, that's, that's just, Yeah, opinion. that's, yeah. Okay. Uh, cool. Let's just wrap up on Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Any last thoughts? No, like, like I said, just for mm. these four guys, their characters, Pay close attention every time you yeah. watch, rewatch the movie. You're going to love the movie more every time. 
and yeah so i mean also yeah, word of warning if you're watching forgetting sarah marshall for the first time without any knowledge about what's about to happen this film the first 5 minutes yeah. has full frontal nudity <laughs> so be prepared uh and setrogan talks about this on 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 a podcast about how seagull was fluffing <laughs> his thing in between takes cuz he told us he was fluffing his thing before takes <laughs> <laughs> Mm. Uh, and anyway so let's go on to my um to my first film of the uh, of the series do you hear that the ac no no like do you hear oh, do you hear the sound of gimme shelter floating through <laughs> okay anyway. now this could be one of several scorsese films because yeah he I loves mean, <laughs> he loves this song um and but i'm going to talk about uh, the first time i heard it so i was all of 14 15 years old and there was a movie jumping around um i mean it was called uh, internal infernal affairs no infernal affairs infernal yeah infernal affairs uh, which was a, a thai movie it was infernal infernal affairs 1 and 2 and this is early days of quizzing ai movie or t h i g h why <laughs> Hi. Yeah, God. Okay. <laughs> huh. So this is it's a there's an old Thai film uh, called Infernal Affairs, which is the story about um, it's basically a, a cat and mouse chase. You have um, two moles planted, one in uh, uh, in a mob uh, and one in the police, and they're both trying to uh, catch the other before one catches the other, and. it's a very interesting concept uh, and the movie itself is in my opinion excellent you should check out infernal affairs 1 and 2 but uh, martin scorsese decided to remake it and after having uh, and this was the movie eventually ended up winning the oscar for this is of course i'm talking about 2006 the departed starring jack nicholson leo dicaprio matt damon mark wahlberg once again not the best time to talk about him alec baldwin uh, and then uh, who else um anthony anderson uh, uh ray winston sofia vergara ray winston you know sofia vergara sorry what's her name dude vera famiga sorry vera famiga right? yeah yeah sorry yeah, sorry sofia vergara also <laughs> i want to watch i want to watch that version of the departed i really do yeah vera famiga sorry man what a cast like what a yeah. crazy a crazy cast uh, oh michael uh, uh not michael sheen what's his name dude Martin Sheen. Uh, Martin Sheen. Damn it, uh, Martin Sheen, uh, directed by Martin Scorsese. Then my shoot maker, lots of, uh, <laughs> lots of, lots of Rolling Stones. Lot of, lot of comfort. Yeah, there's a, there's a comfortably numb cover by the Rolling Stones that plays in the film. Uh, and and also, I, this is the first time I heard. Uh, I'm shipping up to Boston. Oh yeah, of course, shipping up to Boston. Scene where the yeah, yeah, song shipping. comes in. I distinctly remember the first time mm-hmm. I watched that scene. I was like, what? Fuck is this song? This is oh, amazing. Yeah. I mean, that's. I think the general consensus on this movie was, "What the fuck is, is this movie? This is amazing." Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> yeah. then proceeded to swear uh, consistently for like the next few weeks or so after having watched the film, because oh my god, this movie does not go light on on the swearing. Um, but swearing aside, I think this is a phenomenal film. I think this is probably a lot of people say, "Oh." 70s Scorsese films are obviously better, and I tend to agree with them. But purely from uh, from a rewatchability perspective, exactly, I can jump straight into The Departed and 
not have to like and not be bored for a second I, it it is exactly. quotable it is an extremely taut story and it's not a short film by any stretch of the imagination it's well over to us and the everyone is on their a, a game here uh, i've uh, i've listened to the actual rewatchables episode which is a, a ringer based podcast uh and the host on there oh my god i can't believe i'm forgetting his name bill simmons uh bill simmons is like um, this movie is great but i have no idea what jack nicholson, nicholson is doing with his boston accent because it's a lot of things but that's not a boston accent and bill <laughs> simmons is famous for covering uh, i mean is for being a boston native covering the celtics uh, mm. uh through the years in the nba um but i don't know i mean me as a uh, as a indian very detached from the the irish mob sitting away all the way like about 9000 miles oh, now you're quite yeah. close and now i'm close now i'm pretty close to it but and i i can now tell the difference but back then i was like oh my god jack nicholson is absolutely killing it so this the the opening sequence to this is very similar to that of goodfellas where uh, you have matt damon's character who is brought up among in the mob but then is planted in the police to uh, act as uh, frank costello which is jack nicholson's character his uh, his informant and then and you have leo dicaprio's character who is brought up in um again in a very similar setting but chooses to join the force and then is planted into the mob uh to act as an informant for the cops and so it's basically uh, like i mentioned in, uh, insert uh, akshay kumar gif right yeah insert akshay kumar gif here i guess <laughs> uh and and thus a game of cat and mouse ensues um told wonderfully by martin scorsese i don't think anybody could have probably told in hollywood could have told the story better um and just performances wise uh, the lead the lead to the lead pair are absolutely amazing jack nicholson I, like i mentioned is is excellent but special oh. credit goes out goes out to my man mark wahlberg because <laughs> mark wahlberg is the most quotable person in this film so tell me what's a lace curtain motherfucker like you doing in the stadies yeah okay yeah. he's quotable i was i was one day i was afraid you were going to say he's acted well he's he got nominated for this bro i know that <laughs> but i was going to build up to it that is the i mean hollywood yeah, has I, i would say not some shockers mm, over the years but i'd say this is probably apex mark wahlberg compared to yeah but that's a that's like mm. saying the highest mountain in the, i don't know in the netherlands is 10 meters <laughs> above sea level that might be his apex but he doesn't have much of an apex I but I thought Mark I thought he was really good in this like I'm surprised you don't like Mark Wahlberg's performance in this no uh, I mean yeah the the role the role suits him perfectly mm-hmm. which is why he does a service but Mark Wahlberg can't act he's a tough guy on screen he's not yeah. an actor so yeah this is a good but, role for his talents. yeah like yeah basically like talents. whatever yeah yeah his talents <laughs> in air quotes in air quotes but I think I thought he was probably like career best but yeah, performance very, but very yeah co- very quotable and maybe, maybe whenever he's on yeah but, yeah i mean you know <laughs> has a mother <laughs> then uh, <laughs> um, so there's the whole i mean there's a he, he's every time he's on screen he's very magnetic in this movie like he always even with martin sheen he's whenever he, uh, he you you're kind of always looking at mark wahlberg to see what his character does um and i think that's like the best uh, what do you call Huh. Uh like Mark biggest Wolver compliment I can give him. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like the guy who had a baguette sandwich in the morning and he's just not able to pass those bowls through the day and he's pissed off. 
because of his motion yeah. and he, that, that, mm-hmm. that's how he looks irritated constipated and he's taking out on the world taking it out on the world and yeah I, 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 what are your thoughts on this film do you like it do you think it is one of Scorsese's best uh, best films what, where do you stand uh, I think I pretty much agree with all of what you said I am not barring sure barring Mark Wahlberg <laughs> yeah yeah barring Mark Wahlberg I'm not sure if it is Scorsese's best movie that's a very subjective debatable question I don't think I have a clear answer myself hmm. maybe between Taxi Driver and this and maybe two other movies which are Raging Bull is all of hmm. these all of them are contenders hmm. uh, but it's definitely uh, his most rewatchable movie like you said hmm. because while Scorsese movies are works of art they're amazing all of that they generally tend to be indulgent mm-hmm. uh, he doesn't hold back on run times he he lets the story play it out he he's not somebody whose movies are generally very taut mm-hmm. case in point being Irishman or mm-hmm. Casino or Casino is like I think 45 minutes too long mm-hmm. but um, this is one movie where although the run time is quite long you don't realize it and you're mm-hmm. on the edge of your seat throughout mm-hmm. and um, again DiCaprio and Matt Damon excellent outstanding performances especially DiCaprio mm-hmm. uh, this is where that whole manic uh, on the edge sort of energy that he brings to most of his roles the, mm-hmm. the unpopular opinion that I had I had said, which I feel that DiCaprio does this in every movie. Well, yeah. That manic energy suits this his situation, his character situation perfectly. I mean, this is somebody where, for whom uh, a single misstep can mean a brutal death by the Irish mob. So uh, that whole sort of nervous energy he has fits, fits perfectly. Outstanding work by him. But for me, the uh, star of the show has to be Jack Nicholson. Mm-hmm. He, again, in my head, I feel Jack Nicholson... like eats kids on his off time he seems like this crazy motherfucker uh, that that's my opinion of him in real life mm. from what i've seen his public persona and he mm. this role is perfectly suited for him mm. this guy who is just way out there don't mm. know what he'll do he's completely like well, can mood i can have a mood swing in a second mm-hmm. uh again that sort of adds to the whole edge of your seat energy of the movie and you're just like you never know what can happen at case in point being the the whole rat speech that mm-hmm. he gives to dicaprio where he tells dicaprio i smell a rat mm-hmm. and the whole heavy lies the and, head that wears the, the, the crown yeah uh, that entire scene him talking and dicaprio reacting uh, to it in that subdued manner where he doesn't he knows mm-hmm. he's talking about himself but he has to not oh my god that that scene is outstanding it's like and he and he pulls the hand as a as a as a prop like there's a hand in a zip lock bag which yeah, he then yeah. and then he's and he starts massaging his head i was like oh this is this is jack nicholson uh, like fully like throwing himself at this I mean, like he goes i just thought in, when i was like yeah this is just jack nicholson this is not <laughs> for all i know there was jack nicholson had that hand in his pocket when he came pocket, out yeah, i don't know whose hand is like, just have it with yeah but i'm but i'm but i'm just going to play with it <laughs> so but yes uh, jack nicholson is, is is absolutely amazing in, in this film martin sheen also is, is great dicaprio uh, i thought should have won for this he ended yeah, up winning for yeah. the for for 
the revenant which i think is the most acting in a movie uh, ever <laughs> like as much most acting, acting as yeah. most acting definitely this like i haven't won an oscar i am about to act I mean, so much shahrukh khan in kalona would have sat down and taken notes like man this man, is acting yeah. that the entire sequence where uh, they test his band his uh, his cast uh or oh. they question him with his cast and then you see dicaprio uh, like obviously react when they eventually do break his cast uh ray winston plays a, a, an irishman with a with a with a east london accent no i yeah. no like a like a boston with a irishman. winston accent yeah <laughs> which is which is hilarious but he also says he also has a great like i think his line is probably the most quotable in the film uh so i can uh, tell, i'm going to no i can tell you who you oh. are, what guys you can hit now that's a guy you could almost hit uh mm. but not quite and um so it's just he is also really great in this film and uh, uh, jack nicholson's let's not cry over a few spilled guineas spilled, yeah oh. <laughs> again very quotable mm, movie very 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 good remind me hmm i feel like it's it's time for a departed rewatch uh, rewatch it, it's, it's yeah. been it's for been, me it's been, been a while yeah, yeah it's been some time but yeah let's move on let's uh, wrap up with the departed any funny final just thoughts just a quick and, quick yeah, yeah a quick point to make that i wanted to uh, i think this is a now that i think about it this is a recurring theme in scorsese movies uh, i'm not sure if he's been criticized enough for the very very poor treatment of women characters pretty much across all of his movies no i'm sure yeah, yeah. very very about like, hmm they always pretty much props for the plot and almost always never things never end well for them they uh, almost inevitably are mistreated in the film like i would be worried if i were uh, a woman in the scorsese was i feel he cross corrects a little bit in the irishman because uh, i remember people having quite um uh, i mean there was a, a big issue when anna paquin's role was cut, was basically almost cut down to to no lines but i feel like her silence in that movie is kind of what really sells that relationship between the two because you see at least from what how it's portrayed it's just fury with towards her father it's first dislike then it's anger and then eventually she leaves and uh that that is quite uh, and and that's and that's the saddest part about about the irishman but i feel he's he's taken notes uh, as as well as when he's not dumping on the marvel cinematic universe he's i i feel there is uh, i mean like early like I like you said early states cosessi his movies have not exactly been kind to uh, women roles and hopefully i mean then his next movie it gets better is is the only <laughs> is the only thing we can talk hope for but yes on that somber note let's end <laughs> the departed and let's move on to um what are we looking at what's your what's oh, your right. second choice what's, so my second movie is a small 1985 indie film called uh, back to the future very indie Uh, yeah you may have heard of it um again while it is part of a franchise i don't want to talk about uh, all of the movies all of them are varyingly good what there's not really a very weak movie in, in the whole uh, trilogy but the first movie i think by and far mm-hmm. uh, i mean for sorry far and beyond is better than the two of them uh, yeah, very rewatchable uh, marty mcfly at his best uh it is best uh and i think that whole dynamic and the character of doc brown the novelty of it is great the first time you watch it subsequent movies it starts to get a little grating and mm-hmm. starts to get on your nerves but it's played pitch perfectly in in the first movie um 
again novel for its time in terms mm-hmm. of concept they they played the whole uh time travel trope uh, gave it a very humorous spin mm-hmm. uh, while also setting realistic stakes as to why Martin McFly has to set things right mm-hmm. uh his parents characters both uh, played by uh, uh, Crispin Glover Thompson and, and Crispin and Glover, Glover uh, Crispin Glover yeah, was Yeah Crispin Glover uh, <laughs> if you heard this if you if you heard the stories of on what happened on set Crispin Glover was yeah, quite the yeah. handful Correct. so he had his yeah. own take on everything and think, yeah. like himself is a perfectionist that he wanted yeah. to be done in certain yeah. way so mm. uh boulder meat rock yeah exactly so mm. uh, but yeah the end result of all of that uh is something which is super rewatchable again very quotable uh very uh, it's a it's a fun ride mm-hmm. you know at the end of it uh things will i mean it, the movie is not going to end with like a massive quantum disentanglement or anything mm-hmm. like things are going to set themselves right but it's the manner in which the movie gets to its conclusion that's very mm-hmm. enjoyable and it has like a lot of moments like the whole johnny be good scene of course uh, yeah just about the way yeah. uh the whole alien uh, very crashes into the dia thompson's family mm-hmm. home not dia thompson they are some other family's home mm-hmm. comes out of it. i mean there's i could keep going on oh i i the johnny biff, sorry, i didn't i didn't mention yeah, biff yeah biff uh, the great antagonist yeah one probably one of the better antagonists in one of the most like spiteful antagonist in a It's very easy to hate hate yeah uh, oh i i i have a soft spot for back i mean i don't know why i wouldn't have a soft spot for back to the future i think is it's a great film probably because of um, michael j fox's performance and mm. i for me michael j fox is the epitome of my childhood i mean for him this was a big um, big part of him macaulay culkin michael j fox i mean he was in stuart little as well which i thought was uh, which is again a, a big part of my childhood so and and i'm sure like the whole and the cultural impact of of back to the future can't be understated um there's a great episode uh, on the movies that made us on netflix which mm, talks mm, about yeah. uh, a lot of detail about about the trouble that the, the the producers and the directors had to go through to get this film made it's written by two dudes named rob who were in uh, film school together and then so, dropped yeah. out to just write a movie because everyone wanted to be the next Uh, and it in the talk about this everybody wanted to be like the next uh, filani or the um, uh, or the next john luc godard in film school these guys these two guys just wanted to make movies and yes. uh, <laughs> i mean rob zemeckis yeah so love it's a, it's a really nice episode and rob zemeckis's career uh, just I, i i it was not his debut i think his debut is is a 1978 film called i want to hold your hand mm-hmm. uh, which i think is uh, is such a fun film it is like it's based it's it's told uh, on it's a story about three group three girls who are going to watch the beatles perform at the ed sullivan theater and so it's set in beatles like pure beatles mania and the beatles are going into the hotel and these three girls are suffering hysterically from from beatles mania and they're trying their best to go meet the beatles in the hotel and try to get tickets for the ed sullivan show it's it's a very nice film. it's it's um like it's a movie that i can jump on um i watched it very recently as a matter of fact i watched it in the last year and i absolutely adore it and of course zemeckis his um, filmography is littered with some wonderful films i think my favorite of his entire uh, filmography is who framed roger rabbit um, in my opinion it a technical masterclass for the time it came out in fair of its time way ahead of its time like the amount of effort that's gone into make that movie is is crazy 
uh, and also a movie that would not get made today given uh, <laughs> how protective studios are about their uh, about their ips like this is a movie where you had mickey mouse and donald duck and uh, yeah. and daffy just chilling so like one of it, it married warner brothers and disney characters without thinking twice um but yeah but coming back to back to the future that's quite a mouthful <laughs> um a, a very fun brisk film that you can just sit in yeah. um uh one and a half hours about one hour 55 minutes i think is the running time and then just jump go along for the ride literally go along for the ride the delorean is now become such a big part of our um you know everyone like it, it's it's such a clunky car but it's become so iconic given its association yeah. with back to the future and yeah i i think really really fun film to uh, to jump in on anytime absolutely so what's your next hmm. let's let's keep this light shall we let's quickly talk about <laughs> my second uh film in this Oh, no yeah this is my second right yeah this is this is my second uh, entry into our little series so like i said i want to keep it light uh, so let's talk about david fincher's seven <laughs> right okay friday night watch no so i i need need to like you like when you were, when you were building out this episode you mentioned that you haven't really watched i mean i mean you wouldn't consider this a rewatchable i think it's a good film but you don't think it's a rewatchable why so I mean I would say it's in the vein of uh, say Schindler's list or requiem uh, like for a dream which mm-hmm. are all of the, uh, even 7 for that matter all are great movies mm-hmm. but uh, I don't want to feel uh, a sense of dread or feel miserable <laughs> and some like put myself through that uh, more than once I mean once is enough to appreciate these movies remember them I've seen 7 mm-hmm. maybe twice or thrice because it comes mm-hmm. on TV Mm. but i wouldn't like willingly sit down and okay let's let's put myself through this it's a bit heavy that's the only reason i mean nothing to take away from the movie it's, it's by all means uh, a work of art i was juggling between this and zodiac and uh, i for one absolutely oh, adore zodiac zodiac zodiac, zodiac. overlook gem I, I, i don't know what, who's overlooking zodiac i think it is problem with the it's not, it's not talked about in fincher's filmography like say seven or fight club and fight club is grotesquely overrated mm. not that it's a bad movie it's just but, overrated yeah yeah I, or either it's over talked about in, in see, the whole I, filmography i think we agree that probably social network is his best film right like yeah, ever, yeah we can talk uh, agree on that and also but i think zodiac is a close second and in some circles it's definitely his best film because man that movie is good it is just mm-hmm. and only later on because very recently i realized just how much of that movie is actually cg there's a lot of like streets the entire opening sequence where uh, the the couple are shot on uh, on that little highway section is mm-hmm. entirely cg like the blood is cg it's just uh, i mean and it's it's crazy as to just how uh, how wonderful that film is and especially that ending no one talks about the sheer yeah. terror in, in in the final 15 20 minutes but coming back to seven so the thing i, I love what i love i love is i love watching thrillers great detective stories because in in i think seven is seven i can think was ruined for me because by the time i realized i got to the what's in the box moment i i was like oh this is where this this is from because i had no idea 
because uh, what's in the box is is, is a has been a running joke since the uh, mid 2000s especially if you've been in quizzing circles so yeah. it's and how i met your mother also has a joke about it when uh, robin looks at the box and goes what's in the box and so uh, i mean i'm not going to ruin seven for people here who haven't watched it because it's um it's quite it's quite the twist yeah. um but it's it's, uh, it's uh, one of those movies where you absolutely don't want to spoil yeah exactly i i it's a the premise is simple it's there's a new uh, detective in town he's working with the detective who's about to retire and they're um, chasing down a set of uh, murders by, made by serial killer who is going around reenacting the seven deadly sins so and they need to stop in him before he comes extremely grotesque fashion, grotesque fashion. very yeah. elaborate like respectfully elaborate but disgustingly grotesque fashion yeah like the like you like i've never known like gluttony uh, last gluttony and last of the two things that actually come to mind that are absolutely ah. dis- uh, gluttony is disgusting rust last is this you're just like oh man which, uh, yeah. i don't want to think about it yeah yeah last is just ugh. i mean yeah it's it's not for the faint of heart i'd say this movie it's not yeah, yeah but it is expertly told like the narrative doesn't once it starts it's just one one straight train that goes non-stop like bolting towards the climax and then when the climax hits you're like oh shit and uh, i'd say great performances by um, uh, by all by the entire cast mm-hmm. uh, i know i know there is a certain person in here that i mean he's a very integral part he's not even not even in in the credit sequence i'll have exactly. looked i was just going to mention that they yeah. purposefully not mention the person in the credits list so mm. as not to give people any idea of who plays what yeah who plays what yeah and i remember watching the first time i was like oh what are you doing here and yeah. uh, i'd say this was probably height of his powers uh, i saw i saw it 20 2009 and this was I when mean, he was mm, he's he's got a a very enviable body of work oh yeah yeah crazy and i think even then because 97 to 2000 when was that movie with uh, with sam mendes 2001 is 98 98 i think okay huh so yeah around that that period of time was uh, when he was really knocking it out of the park i think hmm. back not back to my oscar wins but he, he was in that hmm. 94 was the other movie where again he was yeah and it's been yeah the, the big reveal mm-hmm. yeah he's uh, strangely enough yes uh but oh man seven brad pitt is top of his game morgan freeman is so good yeah. um just it's, and it's basically the relationship between those two characters that carries that film through and mm-hmm. you, you see it like it, it's it's there's there's a lot of back and forth happening there's there's the new kid on the block who's trying to like establish himself in uh um in the current frame and then you have the old detective saying listen just calm the fuck down and and take it one separate time mm. and then because you before you jump in over your head and then things go the way the way they do um seven is up there one of my uh, favorite films to just like as as a mystery thriller just to jump in and sit and sit for a ride and just go on for the ride definitely one of my favorites actually what i should do is rewatch the movie but skip the parts where the crimes are either depicted on screen or described mm. because i love all of the other parts you mentioned the dynamic and mm. the, the story plot oh no i know i know how we 
I know how we went through gluttony and lust, but we haven't spoken about sloth. Sloth, I think, is the worst. Oh, you remember sloth? He's just in bed. And he's, yeah, yeah, he, yeah. Yeah, mm. yeah it, actually, it's hard to pick. I mean, anger is probably the, in the scheme of things, the least grotesque. Pride as well. Uh, What is pride? I don't know. Pride was the, uh, was the newspaper baron, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm, yeah. yeah. Mm. That is also relatively... Mm. Tame <laughs> compared to... Yes. Compared But to yeah, uh, if you haven't watched it, absolutely, absolutely should. So, mm-hmm. it's a ride, whirlwind. Okay. Uh, moving on from, <laughs> from mine to your, your final pick. Okay, so in in the in the interest of keeping things light again given avin went off into seven territory <laughs> uh, my my last rewatchable movie again I, i'd say this is probably the movie i've watched second most or third most i don't know it's between snatch forgetting saramashan and this i'm talking mm-hmm. about mike judge's 1999 um, prescient movie office space mm-hmm. uh, which in my opinion is the most honest an accurate depiction of corporate life like your cubicle desk job mm. that's out there uh, how depressingly repetitive and uh, how do i put it insignificant it is uh, especially this was uh, so the movie came out in 99 which was peak of at the peak of the whole id boom and mm-hmm. uh, where id companies were dime a dozen and a lot of them were similarly named providing pretty much i would say marginally different services uh, all being these meat grinder uh, companies where you had mm. thousands of people performing very meager roles which summed up to something stupid that the company offered mm. it's it's very uh, i would say uh, it's very mundane and it's almost depressing in in how how much of a boring dystopia it shows mm. uh, the it world to be uh, and this is the this is a sort of in a way dark set <laughs> thing from which my judge minds endless humor mm-hmm. uh, you have three characters um played by ron livingston and i i honestly don't remember the 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 names of the other two actors because mm. i think apart from this movie they have not really done uh, anything else of note ron livingston mm-hmm. is probably the most famous name there and obviously there's jennifer aniston um who surprisingly isn't this yeah, movie jennifer aniston, jennifer aniston plays ron livingston's girlfriend Oh I haven't seen so, I haven't seen Office Space I wouldn't like it's a movie I have to get get on Yeah and this was in 99 so it's not like she was a small she was like Oh very very much peak of peak of powers yeah yeah peak exactly. of powers of Janice She is far and away the biggest name in the movie mm-hmm. although not the main character uh, I don't know how Mike Judge swung that maybe she really wanted to work with him or, mm-hmm. I don't know mm-hmm. but um, So no, but she had, Jen Aniston I remember had a lot of films she had picture perfect and I remember she was trying to do a, trying to get into like uh, films movie. films in a big way around around that time she okay. she done a fair few and I, I think the friends cast generally their body of work I think David Schwimmer probably has the most I mean now probably now Jen Aniston for sure because yeah mm-hmm. but David Schwimmer directed he was like he was in band of brothers at the time as well if exactly. i exactly that's why i would yeah. say shima would pro- has pro- probably has the most respectable uh, body of work outside of mm. friends but danston uh, yeah. has the most there's i mean she yeah. has the largest body of work probably made the most money outside of friends as well yeah. so <laughs> so she's in the movie so this is the cast and and uh, i would say the standout 
character of this movie is uh, Milton played by Stephen Root mm-hmm. who for those of you who may not be aware he's, he does these character roles he's there in uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine as Charles Boyle's dad or for those of you who watched Barry he plays uh, Barry's handler in the movie uh, in oh. the show uh, mm-hmm. have you have you watched Barry I watched Barry yes probably top 3 sitcoms of all time i mean funny in a sitcom so it's a top 3 it's, it's a black comedy yeah it's, it's a black comedy yeah. and barry is outstanding as a show it's, outstanding like it's a great show hats off to bill hader for the concept yeah. and its execution i mean and henry winkler also is so good in that in oh that my show. god barry is is a one one in a million show and mm-hmm. uh, so he plays he's the guy who who plays his handler i forgot his character's mm-hmm. name but that's Stephen Root he plays mm-hmm. a character called Milton in Office Space so uh, Office Space is based on Mike Judge's comics so he also mm-hmm. used to do comics by the side and Milton mm-hmm. was the character that was the protagonist of the comic because mm-hmm. he, he's meant to be this very off beat character he has a lisp he has these soda mm-hmm. glasses mm-hmm. as you call it in India mm-hmm. and he's a very idiosyncratic character so that's mm-hmm. where Office Space had its genesis Mm-hmm. that's the universe he built and in that universe now this movie is where these three guys are you know working in dead end jobs they're uh burdened with a lot of envy and wondering what they're doing with their life mm-hmm. and they find a sort of glitch in the system so the whole idea is uh, people are it's 1999 people are going to move to the white there's a whole y2k fear and mm-hmm. in the midst of all that they find this glitch in the in the system and they look to profit off of it in an unlawful way Mm-hmm. so that's the story but when it comes to office space the main story is i would say pretty much incidental mm-hmm. again similar to sarah marshall there are a lot of these side characters which are so memorable and there are scenes which are so memorable uh so the the second of the three guys is a guy called michael bolton his character's mm-hmm. name mm-hmm. and throughout the movie the running joke is that people ask him if he's a fan of He's Michael Bolton singer uh, and he's like fuck that guy I hate his music. <laughs> so, and then people ask him why don't you change your name? He's like why should I change? He's the one who makes the shitty music. <laughs> so there's that and uh, the third guy is supposed to be this Indian guy who has like a very complicated name Amit like some uh, Amadina Jada some whatever he yeah, mm. Amadina Jada but he has his name which mm. everyone in the movie pronounces wrongly of course. Mm. That's mm. another running joke and yeah. uh, There's so many. There's a lot of these uh, lines that Milton has, which are funny, and their boss, the three of the guy who uh, who talks very slowly. I don't know if you've seen. You must have seen them and uh, seen him in memes. He does this whole. Uh, I need you to come in on Saturday. Okay, that'll be great. Great. So, yeah, yeah. I, I, I know. So yeah, I have. Yeah. So the movie also spawned a lot of memes, but for mm. me. Uh, far and away the, the the moment of the movie that i would uh, is the stand out and you know something i'm going to remember even if i don't watch the movie again ever and i'll never forget it so throughout the movie there's this joke where uh, michael michael bolton has a, a tough time with a printer in the office mm-hmm. he's never able to print a page mm-hmm. uh, it always gives gives him some error and it's it they never does it does what it's supposed to do mm-hmm. so when they're about to because of this whole crime hijinks that they're up to they uh going to run away from the office and before they do uh they steal the printer mm-hmm. uh, this printer and there's a scene where they take the printer out into a clearing they take mm-hmm. baseball bats and stuff and they beat the <laughs> shit out of 
<laughs> the printer <laughs> and it's got like this you know gangster rap song in the background is three two white dudes and an indian dude just going to town on this printer especially michael's character really hates the printer so the part where they're about to pull him back and he like squirms free and goes back and jumps <laughs> oh my god how much i have laughed at that scene that i mean office space is something again endless rewatch value because of how how funny it is Oh, this you, is you have no, I haven't. I have to check up the check. I I know it's a, it's something. It's a movie that has been on my list for ages. I just haven't gotten out to watching it. I will check it out this week though. I've I've heard enough for me to be intrigued by it. <laughs> so by the time this episode comes out, I will have watched Office Space. <laughs> and there's one more character who plays Ron Livingston's neighbor, and mm-hmm. they have, they share like a wall. So so what happens because they share a thin wall. Oftentimes, they end up watching TV together or something mm-hmm. and. There's this hypothetical question where they discuss what would you do if you had a million dollars, and his neighbor is like two chicks at the same time. And <laughs> Peter's like, we don't need a million dollars to uh, do two chicks at the same time. It's like mm-hmm. you do for you do for two chicks to have sex with a guy like me. <laughs> so there's like endlessly quotable lines in the movie. All of these again, similar to Sarah Marshall, these side characters have a lot of uh, lines which. as you uh, as and when you watch the movie for the second third fourth time you you catch them and you you laugh uh, anew so mm-hmm. again highly highly recommend not just you have been but for, for all our listeners if you haven't watched office space please mm-hmm. do it's amazing okay so this is this is on my list i think this is definitely going straight up on my list now uh uh so the rewatchable so i had juggled between i know i mentioned mean girls as my honorable mention I had two other films on this, and I think they're both, in my opinion, great rewatchables. But it's just that I would be lying to you and to myself if I have if the movie that that I'm I'm going to talk about is not my most rewatched film of all time. It very much is, and I think by the time I'd reached ages four and five, I had seen this film at least about thirty to forty times. Uh, so I'm going to be like extremely honest, and it came out in '94. but the two on the two name movies that i wanted to put on this list one of them being the prestige which i think will make for an episode where it's it it falls under the category of a film you have to watch twice and yes. i think that is a movie that uh, and i think that's that's an episode we should do like films you have to see twice to finally to fully appreciate what's happening or uh, i would also say prestige if you were to do a movie an episode on what we would consider to be perfect movies Yeah, like this literally flawless. I think mm-hmm. Prestige would also fall into that. Oh, yeah, I, th- I think I, I zero complaints about the Prestige. There's nothing. It, it's flawless. It is a uh, if you want one. So what? Perfect film. Yeah, yeah. It is beautiful, and it's also like much like Zodiac, a one sock film where you sit down to watch uh, yeah. a, a film while putting on your socks, and then by the end of the film, you're still left with one sock in your hand because the film has caught you as literally yeah, snared yeah. you. The second film I would have wanted to talk about is Ocean's Eleven, which I think is uh, an exceptional movie. Like it is, it's so also very quotable, great star yeah. cast, a film that absolutely flies by. Um, I think that deserves. We'll probably get to it when we talk about our favorite heist films, because I'm sure that mm-hmm. uh, um, it, it's going to be on either of our lists, or if not both. So my third and my most rewatched film. I know I've spoken about The Departed, which is a heavy film. I've spoken about Seven, which is a particularly particularly uh, dark movie. I'm going to talk about The Lion King, which and not I'm not talking about the the dumpster fire that came out three years ago. I'm talking about the '94 animated film, which again 
probably a near perfect film like I, I, there's nothing I, i wouldn't change the thing about flanking uh, i think the cast is exceptional uh, i think um, you it was it's just about you have matthew broderick who also was a pretty big name at the mm. time jeremy irons um um i'm surely i'm missing a few uh, missing a few names uh, of course you have james earl jones as, as mufasa um and again very quotable great sound soundtrack uh, i think the the opening notes to the lion king can be recognized across the world at this point <laughs> it's yeah. just um and it's, it's like a byline order like musical uh, byline for africa in general now yeah basically that's quite and there's there's a there's a whole opening sequence with this so and obviously elton john kind of revived his career based on uh, the, of that soundtrack I, mm. i don't remember i don't think he had a particularly great time in the early 90s but by 94 he had circle of life and uh, can you feel the love tonight and then of course candle in the wind dropped uh, a couple of years later i i notoriously would not go to uh, to school before i watched the lion king so every morning i'd wake up while eating breakfast my mother would yeah my mother would feed me food and make me watch the lion king and then i'd go to school it's not most i, I mean i wasn't that like stuck up about it it's just that i needed that as my as my push to get me out of the door i wasn't a big fan of going out of the house uh, that has since but every morning yeah for like a good year so <laughs> and we had on vhs tapes right because very symbolic of the times we lived in and so i absolutely adore that film i can quote it um uh, from start to finish much like i'd say saucer stone um there isn't a thing i would change i'm not a big fan of the of the sequel which uh, has kind of fallen apart for me in the years i have watched it but that the first film is it's 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 a shakespeare story it's part basically mm-hmm. hamlet which has been retold but it's told so well and it's um, the song bestial yeah yeah pretty much yeah uh, you have great camaraderie between timon and pumbaa nathan lane and uh, oh my god i keep forgetting his name ernie sabella okay fair enough uh, i don't okay. think yes ernie yeah ernie sabella nathan lane and ernie sabella yeah I, i probably wouldn't have gotten that either but anyway um you have rowan atkinson as zazu and uh, yeah it's just perfect casting i i would say a perfect casting a great story a great soundtrack a film i think i will show if i do have kids i will show them those movies to my, to my children and be like stay away from all the crap that's going on television right now um and just one of my favorite movies of all time i can't even like I haven't seen it in a while but I just like I I know if I just pop it back up I'm sure it's, it's probably streaming to millions on uh, Disney Plus or Hotstar wherever depending depending on where you are uh and probably one of the most watched movies of all time I think generations of families have grown up on that film um a true classic if ever was in the animated uh sphere Yeah I think uh, again I would say I don't have much to nitpick in the movie. Mm-hmm. Flows very well. The story is it's not predictable although you know it it will end well. Mm-hmm. It keeps you intrigued. I'm, yeah. I'm guessing that that's uh, more a credit to Shakespeare than than to the makers of this movie because uh, Hamlet has that intrigue built into it but uh, and Whoopi Goldberg Jeremy, uh, Whoopi Goldberg is uh, yeah obviously uh, Jeremy Irons should have Jeremy Irons scar is oh man one of the all time great antagonists on screen although it's an animated antagonist mm-hmm. his voice work for scar is 
outstanding and uh, i think in the new one it was uh, 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 no so <laughs> so uh, i mean uh, is a good actor but yeah. i think if you bring yeah. james if you bring back james or jones from mufasa you bring yeah, back yeah why not bring yeah, Jer- jeremy anders fuska so i mean hmm. outstanding that for me he was the stand out in a movie with an otherwise stacked cast mm-hmm. the only if i were to nitpick if i were to find some fault in ranking is uh, so nala was friends with uh, simba when he was a cub and mm-hmm. because of whatever happens in the movie simba runs away and uh, they again serendipitously meet years later now simba being a full grown lion Mm-hmm. and like within 5 minutes of them meeting nala is like oh and then sparks start flying which even as a kid for me was like bro that's quick <laughs> that that is probably the only like mini grouse i have with the movie mm-hmm. but uh, then again you it's a kids animated movie you're not really exactly. going to spend time uh, yeah, showing but... how built up uh, how the how the love story builds up so mm-hmm. i guess it's something i'm just if i'm looking to nitpick but otherwise like you just like you I love love the movie to be mm-hmm. great soundtrack uh yeah i think great movie to end this episode also on yeah i think it's a if you haven't seen the lion king how what yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly so i mean if you haven't seen it in a while I, that i would understand it's streaming on disney and i'm sure one of you has like some somebody in the family has a disney plus account or a hotstar disney account just catch it's it's streaming uh, everywhere and it's a great it's a really fun film to just jump back in and probably i'll probably watch it tonight just before i go to bed to see how how it's how it's been it's it's a, it's a film i really enjoy watching and i think it's Actually, more i was just going to add that mm. sorry sorry go on no go on go on add add this one i was just going to add that uh, but i caught myself i was going to say it's a feel good movie but it's it's not a feel good movie from start to finish mm-hmm it's not it's really not yeah. it's it's yeah. quite it's, it's it's quite traumatic in the middle section and it's, it's very yeah. dark for a kids movie oh it is very dark for a kids movie and um, i have so much lion king memorabilia now that i think about it i had the story book i had the game i had like a bunch of things oh, it was crazy uh, lion king was very much part of uh, a big part of my life growing up um but yeah i think that should be that and we should we'll be back again next week i don't know what we're talking yes. about episode 24 next week airplane movies i love that yeah let's do let's do airplane movies that's that's the, i have i already have three so let's let's discuss this uh yes. next week yes. awesome thanks guys thanks for listening in take care so they opened their big mouths and out came talk talk